Hello, legends. Thank you for joining me in another riff on Why Not Art. Today's episode goes in so many interesting directions. I'm so excited for you to hear this conversation. So settle in and just go on this wacky ride led by myself and today's exceptional guest. I am both psyched and incredibly humbled to welcome James McRae as my guest today, also known as Words Are Vibrations on Instagram. James McRae is an author, poet, creative guide, and meme artist based in Austin, Texas. In his writing and art, he applies the principles of mindfulness and Eastern philosophy to modern life with humor and candor. On his Instagram page, Words of Vibrations, he shares daily memes, poems, and illustrations to delight and inspire. He also hosts Homesick Alien Club, a podcast that explores the intersection of creativity, consciousness, and culture. James is the author of Shit Your Ego Says, an autobiographical guidebook to quiet negative self-talk and reconnect with intuition. And his new book, How to Laugh in Ironic Amusement During Your Existential Crisis, a book of poetry and memes about leaving your comfort zone to embrace the unknown. You can find James at Words Are Vibrations or www.jamesmccray.com. Thanks for joining me, James. It's so, so cool to speak to you. I'm psyched for this conversation. And thanks for joining me in my humble little corner of the internet. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. Amazing. When I was preparing to chat to you, there were so many places that I could go and so many things I want to ask you. So rather than be super overprepared, I thought I'm just going to wind it back and start with, I guess, the single proposition of this podcast, which is why not art? Because something I see you do so brilliantly is you kind of disarm some of the barriers around what art is, Um, you know, diffusing that kind of exclusivity, who can make it, what defines it, you know, your work is super accessible. And I really see it as just simply spurring people to, to think and to enjoy. So I would love your take, like, why have we come to sideline art? And what potential and benefit does it have if we just actually take notice of it? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I think that if you look at art history, art is always going in waves where, because I think real art is always coming from the heart and soul of the people. Mm. And And it's expressed in very just utilitarian accessible ways whether that's you know maybe if you go back to the renaissance people had to have extensive training and apprenticeships in order to learn the the skill the skill level that was required to create that level of technical art Mm. but then if you get into if you move into like impressionism suddenly you know, it doesn't, there's a certain level of um, creativity that didn't require technical skill. Mm. 
I mean, it, it's right. it, it is skill in its own way. If you look at a Van Gogh painting, it's certainly skill. But in its of course in, it, in its in its own way, and he wasn't as far as I know, Van Gogh wasn't taught extensively as an artist. He just kind of did it, mm. and it was and at the time it was considered crude and it was considered a little bit ugly. And yeah, we all we all know that Van Gogh died poor and alone, without <laughs> yeah. any recognition for his art. And now those mm. same paintings are in the MoMA and the, and you know, the, the most prestigious art galleries, you could look Mm -hmm. at, you know, uh, even like something like punk rock music where Mm. that's like the sex pistols and the Ramones. It was just like a few dudes, poor broke people with guitars and, and not necessarily great music education or training. And then they just made some like crazy rock and roll that ended up at first being very abrasive and new, but Mm. then it becomes very, it it becomes anointed over time as this kind of great art movement. So I think that like, that like art is always like, like culture is always chasing after art. Art kind of breaks rules and it kind Mm. of, um, and it, um, it's always kind of just free human expression. And then all, then, then like, you know, the, the money comes into it and then it becomes kind of exclusive and then it becomes more and then and then people get into it to make money etc right so so i think that happens all the time and then um and then art gets stale for a while and then there's new creative people that find a new way to make new expressions um Mm. that in a new way and then it becomes exciting again so i think that the internet is giving us an opportunity to explore new forms of art that are down to earth and more relatable and more, you know, like no one's monet. It's not really that super easy to monetize um, right. me- memes, for example. <laughs> but you know, I you I can I guarantee you that that'll happen down the road where people will like start monetizing memes, probably through like NFTs or something NFTs, like that. NFTs, yeah. And then it'll, and then it'll become a different thing. So I think create like creativity and art is always kind of going back and forth between like raw human expression and then you know, building that institution around it. So mm-hmm. I'm just trying to play around with what's new. And right now for me, what what I see that's new and exciting is just art that's made, not, not art that's shared on the internet, but art that's made for the internet, which is a different thing, right? It's right. Like a, yeah. Well, what you like do more, is, you know, it's art for the medium completely. Exactly. So yeah, I mean, it's easy for someone to share their paintings or share their writing on social media but to make art for like for specifically the 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 social media medium is like a different mindset Mm. and um and yeah i think it's just fun like you know seeing weird memes that are kind of absurd and funny and ridiculous i think it's um (laughs) i love and it's just like these random people around the world making it for me it's like it's an example of an exciting form of art that's happening right now for sure and I think the humor is part of what I think disarms some of that kind of high art um barrier and I wonder as well if uh, and give me your take on this in terms of that like distinction between what maybe some people think art is or that it's not accessible to them do you think we sometimes just fucking read too much into it and miss the point I think that's such a beautiful thing about the work you do and those examples of of meme art you know so often 
we're just trying to analyze the shit out of something rather than letting it just be like a laugh or a thought starter or a glimpse of relief in the chaos, you know, rather than having some sort of agenda or dogma or like standing for some sort of manifesto. It's like, shit, can we take a step back? And if we can do that, then suddenly art becomes way more accessible again. Yeah. It's funny how everyone's deepest, you know, self gets revealed on how they express themselves online (laughs) in a way. Like, yeah, there's lots of stuff that I post that people just take way too seriously or like as if I'm making some grand statement and I don't know, maybe sometimes I am, but for the most part, you know, a lot of what, what, if you're making art for the internet, you've kind of got to make a a lot of it and put it out on a Mm. a ongoing basis. And, you know, some of it might just be like a a random thought I had. And, you know, the, the thing is, there's just so many perspectives out there and, and I might have a, I might have a thousand perspectives within myself, just, 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 just me, you know, not to say within the same day, (laughs) within the same day. So it's like, I don't know. It's like, don't take any thought. Like there's no, people just get hung up too much on, on what, on their opinions and people often confuse their opinions for the truth. And it's like, come on guys, what are we doing here? Like, let's stop this, this whole we live in a culture of, of bickering and divisiveness mm. and um, argumentative absolutes. When yeah, I think I that love there's that just, term. I've heard you use that before and I love it. There's <laughs> just a million different perspectives that, 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 that are valid. And it's like, let's just, you know, ha- hold space for them all without fighting for our little, mm. you know, personal perspectives all the time as if any one person truly knows the right, way yeah. to live or the, the right, right way ultimate live, yeah. truth i mean i think we're all we all hold a tiny slice of whatever truth is and it takes all of it to come together into what we call the universe yeah because let's face it there's not one person out there that truly has all their shit figured out no, maybe, <laughs> there's maybe, not, maybe, not one. maybe elon musk but that's about it <laughs> that's because he, well he's an because he's an yeah. alien yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> so what do you see then as you know the the benefit of of art then like why not art why why not just allow ourselves the beauty and the joy and the yeah sometimes thought-provoking nature of of art why do we shy away from it so much because there's so much that it can teach us about life right if we let it i mean where do we start (laughs) i I think that uh, i think that humanity has been sold a false and limiting um um version of reality and 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 what i mean is um um we've i don't know when this began you know that certainly it's been going on for thousands of years but we kind of live under this paradigm of lack and scarcity and fear. Absolutely. And, um, you know, a lot of institutions have enforced this kind of mindset for a long time in mm-hmm. order to get, um, you know, people to follow their religions or to um, work for their factories. 
right. et cetera. You know, I think that the ideal human condition is a little bit more free and, mm. you know, the, the earth provides all the resources we need. And if yeah. we somehow could live in closer alignment to nature and mm. with community and with each other, then creativity is part of our natural way of living. It's part of our, of who we are. It's part of how we express ourselves. And by the way, yeah, I say it's creativity, our natural state, right? <laughs> totally is. And, when, and, when, and I say that some people are going to be like, well, I'm not a good writer. I'm not a good artist. Mm. Well, cre creativity expresses itself in every way. I mean, I think that yes. we are creating our lives every moment of every day. You know, mm. what you, look at your friendships, you, you created those, those are cre acts of creation based on how you have lived and expressed yourself. Look at your yeah. job, look at your business. These are all acts of creation that we make, right? right. Look at your, look around your home, look at the right. art on your, on your, on your walls, look at the decorations you have. We're always creating our reality at every second of every day. Mm. Making art is just, you know, the it's, it's just like the, it's like a fuller expression of what we're already doing. So yeah. I think we are already creative, but we've been taught to kind of follow rules and to, um, just live in more of this scarcity and lack mindset that mm. distracts us from our own creativity. So yeah, you know, I 100% kind of, agree. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's and kind I of think a, it's... we're trapped. Yeah. And we're, um, you know, I see this a lot. The, the older people get suddenly art is almost like dismissed as frivolous or indulgent or like at the very worst, it's like silly or a waste of time because it doesn't fit that productivity narrative that um, lack scarcity, like always need more always got to be making more hustling and I mean you can bring in so many other um narratives that would play into that as well you know the starving artist narrative that you mentioned before so it's almost like we've been conditioned to see art as not fitting that bill and so yeah. we get scared of it or we get um like cynical of it mm -hmm. yeah exactly and, and like my retort to that would be like well what are we doing here like what are we as human beings, as souls incarnated in human bodies, what are we doing here? What are we yeah. here for? Are we yeah. here to, you know, think of how many people Amazon employs as a company across the world. Are, 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 are humans really here to, to slave away every hour of the day to yeah. help this giant corporation ship things faster? Yeah. It's like, is that our purpose? Yeah. And when you it's say like, it like no. that, it's like, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> right. All you need to do is lay it out and take a step back and realize like, yeah, that's exactly like, what are we doing here? Like, I think that's why, um, that's why, you know, things like cannabis and psychedelic drugs have been demonized over the years because they really make you kind of step back and be like, wait a right. minute, what are we doing here? Like yeah. what? Because it doesn't take yeah. a lot just to step back and be like, well, what are we doing here? And, mm. you know, I think that we are, you know, we are greater than this human form. I think that there is a soul that lives inside of us where, where that soul comes from and goes like, I have no idea, <laughs> but it, 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 it's not a, it's not a stretch to believe that we are souls inhabiting human bodies. And then right. what is the soul here to achieve? It's certainly not to help. Jeff Bezos make more money. And so people can 
get their knickknacks delivered faster. That's not the yeah. purpose of being alive, right? <laughs> so then you have to ask, well, what is the purpose? So then what is the purpose of being alive? You know, it has to do with expressing the soul's nature. Mm-hmm. And I think that the nature of all the nature of nature itself is to create. That's what mm-hmm. the earth does. That you look outside, yeah. it's 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 a perpetual act of creation. And not to bring like quote religion into it, but it says um, there's like religious, um, quotes that say like that humans were created in the image of God. Mm. And when I, when I hear that, what is God? Well, that's a whole different discussion, but right. it's ultimately it's, it's the creator, whatever the creator is, it's the it's mm. source. It's the, it's, it's whatever, wherever energy that this all came from. So yeah. the, the essence of God at its most basic level is to mm, create. It's to create, right. So if yeah. we are made, if humans are made in the image of God, that it's also our nature is to create. Mm, so mm. that's why we're here on earth. And it's like, yeah. Um, and and then and then we've been kind of been tr- socially conditioned to forget that. To forget that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I find that really interesting because I know both you and I come from a background in in advertising. And one of you know, and advertising is creative. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's not um, a creative industry, but one of the reasons I left ad agency land was because I got so over creating ad campaigns that were telling people what they need to be a better human. It was like something suddenly clicked for me and it was like, oh, this is, this is using creativity or art in a way that is actually serving that that alternate narrative and not actually recognizing that we are already incredible humans and you don't need the freaking soap or the, the, um, the cream or whatever it was to, to be a better human. And I noticed myself really being drawn towards the clients of ours that were musicians or the tattoo artists that needed a new website, or that I was really drawn to all the, the the artists that were coming to us for work and that really made me realize like what am I in this for and kind of goes back to that question like what is the point what are we here for and to to be able to work in that industry and share art that was you know music or dance or whatever a, a film festival as opposed to some fucking potion to make you think that you're more beautiful uh, it just it didn't make sense and it was a really clear example for me and what what was it that made you move away from from advertising yeah you know it's, it's similar I I always felt conflicted because I, mm. I the, the reason I got into advertising is because I wanted I went to art school for graphic design yeah and um because before that I spent a few years um after high school just trying to just create art Mm-hmm. And at a certain, at a certain point I was like, okay, well, I need to like have some good, some direction in my life. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go to, I should go to college, but I'm going to go to an art college and I'm going to learn right. graphic design. Cause it felt, it felt useful to, you know, learn computers and to merge my art with computers and just, yeah. I didn't really, I didn't really anticipate necessarily working in the advertising industry. I just thought, okay, mm-hmm. I should get this is this is this is some kind of a career 
it's close. Right. It's cl- it's closer to a career path than I have now, <laughs> just to learn this skill set and have now with some hindsight, we know direction. that with previous James just setting you up to be the meme artist you are now. I, I know, right? <laughs> right? I was just learning Photoshop, but so, but I ended up, you know, yeah, you go through our graphic design school, and yeah, working for ad agencies, marketing agencies things like that. That's kind of where it takes you. That's kind of where mm-hmm. most graphic designers work, unless you're like yeah. in-house for a company. So I just ended up doing that. And I mean, at first it was great, you know, it, it was great. I was, I was, I was applying creativity and it's really what's good about working um, within an ad agency or something like that is your creativity is given um, strong boundaries to work within. And I mm. think that artists often think like, oh, I, I just want to be completely free to do anything. I don't want to have to work within these restrictions. Yeah. But restrictions are actually helpful for an artist because they give you a sandbox to play in. Mm. If you can do literally anything in the world, it's easy to get lost in, you know, just yeah everything so impossibility yeah (laughs) yeah so it really it really there's really it's useful for artists to learn to work within restrictions and that's Mm. what it it teaches you like this is the problem we're trying to solve this is what you can do and at that time I was just a graphic designer so I wasn't coming up with any ideas I wasn't trying to sell anything necessarily I was just there to make it to manifest the design and the artistic aspects of whatever we were doing at that time, whether it was a website or a logo or a brochure. Um, But that got a little bit, it felt a little bit too tight and constricting after a while. And I was a good graphic designer, but I, I, I wouldn't say I was an amazing graphic designer in terms of like being the best in the business, you know? Mm -hmm. So I, I just didn't, feel like that's something I wanted to keep doing. So I, I, I transitioned into being a brand strategist. Yeah. So I was a little bit more kind of co- like helping navigate the, the project and deciding, you know, the, the, the tone that we wanted to, uh, you know, give to this client or the direction we wanted to take them. Mm-hmm. And that, that helped me learn to think more conceptually and also to help me learn how to communicate my ideas and sell them to clients and give, right. give, give, give presentations that can mm. convince a client convince. in a certain mm. direction. And that was super useful as well. Just the, the, the skill of persuasion is one of the greatest skills that you can have in this world is, is c- communication and persuasion. So, you know, I was, t- I, I learned a lot of great, you know, skills, in my time, um, in, in advertising, but ultimately I think similar to you, it was like, it was conflicting where I was being creative. I mean, it's a, Mm. it's a lot more creative than a lot more creative than most jobs out there. Um, so I, I was, I was, I was fulfilled to a degree, Mm. but I just knew that there was, I had a message of some sort that I wanted to get out and I, I, I had more, writing that wanted to get out and just more creativity that, um, that didn't really find a, it's a home in, you know, working mm. with clients to help grow their business. Yeah. So 
ultimately yeah. it just felt like I really needed to branch out and um, work on, you know, my own, like expressing my own voice in the world in a way that yeah. is more um, just impactful. Yeah, which it certainly is for anyone out there listening that hasn't already gone and checked out James's Instagram, Words of Vibrations, get on it and, and go and look up his books. Um, yeah, your, your voice is incredibly impactful, but also, you know, to go back to, to where we started, incredibly accessible, you know, it's not, it's not pushing, it's not pushing anything particularly except that people think that that's really the way I see it. Um, and by the way, I can't take necessarily take credit for that piece of it because I think when I'm, when I'm making memes, that's just the inherent nature of memes. Like me, memes, mm, just like, mm, true. like, don't try to make a point. Like memes are just kind mm -hmm. of ridiculous. So it's like, I'm just like working in that language of the internet and then the language of the memes, like yeah. it's, there's something about it that's just making fun of itself and you can't take it too seriously. Mm, so mm. I am doing that, but I think that that's just the nature of the internet and then a nature of the a meme because no one wants to be like preached at in through, no, through a meme. You, through you, a meme, you, no. <laughs> it's got to be like, it's got to be like a joke or, yeah. you know, be, be unexpected in a way. Yeah. But I think yeah. that's just kind of a nature of the medium a little bit. Mm. It's quite, you know, even though you can look at a meme and, and yeah, see it as quite kind of simple and maybe silly and yes, yeah, certainly humorous. It is actually quite empowering though, because it really does put the onus on the person who's looking at it to bring their interpretations and in their, like it, it will provoke thought. And it's then up to that person to kind of go down whatever rabbit hole or maybe go, oh, I hadn't thought of it that way. Like that's, that's pretty empowering. Yeah. My friend uh, said that she thinks memes are a step in the direction towards telepathy. And what, <laughs> and what she meant by that was if I make a meme, I've got whatever, whatever I'm, I have what, whatever knowledge that I've accumulated over the years, whatever books I've read, whatever thing, whatever I've studied, I have that within me. And when I'm making a meme, I'm somehow encoding it with whatever messages that I've learned over the years. Mm -hmm. And then I put that meme out there, someone sees it. There's a lot they have to unpack and encode themselves. So I'm kind yeah. of like, I'm kind of like packing information into this image and it's not necessarily you don't it's not it's not really there it's kind of encoded in it through the image and through the tone of it and through the words and yeah. you're right the, the the viewer has to look at it and then they have to decode it and this all happens instantaneously mm. but they but they decode it and then they unpack it and then somehow i was able to communicate telepath telepathically more than the meme says but then they walk but then they but then they walk away with this kind of maybe vastly different perspective so yeah. it's interesting how mm. it does help kind of facilitate sharing a lot of information through a little image that then gets unpacked to be a lot more information so i i, I do think in a way it's um it's an evolution of language itself in mm. in, in, in in that sense um, where you're communicating more than you're actually 
saying saying yeah it's pretty wild mm-hmm. when you put it like that it's yeah that's unreal it it's, yeah it's, yeah it's <laughs> fucking exciting <laughs> yeah so I want to talk really briefly about um you know you're not only a meme artist you're a poet as well and a, and a writer and I heard you speak in an interview about and I don't want to talk too much about COVID itself but I I heard you speak about looking back on some of your pre-COVID poetry and seeing it really really differently given the kind of rapid learning and growing up that we've been forced to do throughout these last two crazy years so I'd I'd love to know like how do you see art and creative expression as a way to help navigate that kind of growing up process or that um yeah that that process of uh self exploration I guess yeah so I think that you know, I think that the the most blunt way to put it is I think that to a certain degree, there's an old world that's dying. Mm. Okay. So mm. uh, uh, there's a lot of people out there right now that are just waiting for things to go back to normal. Yeah. And I hate to break it to you, but that's not going to happen. Yeah. And what what that means i don't know i don't i don't know what you know the future is very uncertain at this point yeah. but the future yeah. whatever it is is going to look different than the past you know 5 years from now is going to be indistinguishable from 5 years ago yeah right that's like a 10 year yeah. window that's just like massive change huge and change. i think that yeah. there 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 are there are little points of history that are similar where there's a, a lot of rapid change happened at the same time. Mm. Um, so it seems like we're going through some, one of these transitions. So th- I think this is inviting us all to change ourselves yes. to grow, to grow and evolve. I think it's, it's, it's not the time to be shy. It's mm. not the time to be afraid. Mm. It's a, it's, it's a very bold time. It's a weird time. And I think that this is asking us to be bold, weird people. Yes. Oh my right? goodness. Yeah. I, <laughs> yes, please. Everyone just get a little bit more bold and more weird. Audacious is the word that I love to use. Audacious. Like let's reclaim audacity. I love that because it's not going back to what it used to be and we need to create whatever it's going to be together. And, um, we need to let old, old the old version of ourselves die so we mm. can be reborn into a more fully expressed and embodied and audacious version of ourselves. And the, and the yeah. people I know in my life who I see thriving right now are the people that have done that, that have just been like, well, I don't know that person anymore. And yeah. that's not a, that's not a easy process to go through to like that, no. that, 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 that like dramatic transformation but mm. i really think that, that that's what's this time is calling for us to do otherwise we're going to be just left in the yeah you know in history being like well things left used to dust. be like this yeah like things used to be like this like we're quickly becoming like oh that that that's not the way it used to be like like we're all like we're like we're all like senior citizens or something <laughs> It's like, no, guess what? Nothing's ever going to be the way it used to be ever again. And Mm. it's only going to change more. More. When you, when Mm. you look at, 
you know, the rise of artificial intelligence and what, whatever the hell is happening politically in the world right now mm. and whatever, um, you know, I, I'm less interested in, in COVID as a virus than, than I am in, well, what, how, how is COVID reshaping our, our world? Right. In, in terms of the social dynamics and the social structure and the mm. regulations and the, all the, all the res- residual effects of, of this pandemic. Right. So, mm. um, things are changing quickly. And I think it's, it's, um, you know, we're, I was, I commented on the David Bowie, uh, mm-hmm. art behind you. I, I know we're both big fans of, of David Bowie. Yes. <laughs> and what I love about David Bowie is just his, his constant ability to radically reinvent himself. Yes. Every album, there was a different persona, a different character mm. with a different story to tell and a different mm. character to play and a different sound. And yeah. Every al- every Bowie album is like a whole world unto itself. Right. Yeah. He was like it is. he was like he was like shape shifting and becoming new, yeah. and that's why he, he that's why he never got old. I mean, up until the mm. day he died, he was he was felt fresh and new yes. and original and original. You know, as a as a sixty nine year old man, he still felt mm. he still felt ahead of the curve compared yeah. to most twenty year olds. Right? Yeah. For sure. For sure. One of my favorite quotes from him is he, I can't, I'm sure I won't get this word for word, but he was talking about how a lot of reporters would call him a chameleon. And he's like, do you know what the word chameleon means? That means you change yourself to fit in. He's like, that's not what I'm here to do. (laughs) Bingo. No, he was the one, he didn't chase trends. He created trends. He created them. Yeah. He did things that were very weird. Yeah. So I, I, mm. I, I just think that he, he's, he's like an inspiration for me. And I think just that, that mentality should be inspiring to all of us, the ability just to be like, well, that used to be who I was and I honor that for who they were. And that's what, who I needed to be at that time, mm. but it's okay to become somebody new. Yes. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay to change your mind. It's okay to evolve. In fact, it's more than okay. It's fucking necessary. And one of the, one of the kind of self-help terms that I, it just drives me up the wall a little bit is that phrase, you know, um, and it only drives me up the wall because people beat themselves up for not being able to do this. You know, that phrase, let go of what no longer serves you. And then people get so upset when they try to do that. And then it comes back at them like a fucking boomerang. And the way I look at that, it's because if you're so focused on trying to let go of something because you suddenly think it's bad or it doesn't serve you anymore, remember that it did serve part of you. It totally did. And it served part of you at a time for very good reason. And that's okay. And let that be okay. And then you'll be able to move on to the next incarnation of yourself a lot easier and with a lot less baggage and a lot less beating yourself up and a lot more excitement. Yeah, I know. I think self-help can feel very heavy sometimes. Mm, Like, mm. just like, it's like dealing with this stuff. And I'm just like, how can like it be a little bit lighter? Like, I, I think everything we're doing is just playing a game yeah. where we're, and we can play whatever game we want to play yeah. and we can play it. We can choose to play a different game at, at, at any time. Mm. And, you know, that's, that's, that's easier said than done, obviously. Of course. 
but I think that um, it can be a lot simpler than than we make it feel when when we yeah. you know re- read these big books on X Y yeah. and Z and mm. take courses and learn all these things and that's all good you know I think that the human mind does get stuck in ruts and we need to yeah. carve out new ruts but mm. the more we can just do new things and try new things and experiment and play um, with our lives and treat it like that, the easier it gets to groove new, to create new grooves in our brains that allow us to shift and adapt and, and, and and be a little bit more adaptable. Um, For me, it's not about making it hard work as much as it is just making it, treating it as if it's a game that we're playing and then just trying to play a different game. Mm. Mm. And that is, you know, essentially what I see the the potential and the benefit of art and creative expression, because that is a way to do that, right? We live 100%. more creatively and and we do all of those things you just said. Yeah, that's that's exactly it. I mean, I think art and creativity, to your point, is healing. It's incredibly mm. healing because it mm. teaches us to go back to our inner child. Yeah. and our inner artist. And when we're in a state of being our inner child, everything's a lot lighter mm. and it, it, we still face challenges, but it's like, well, how we don't have to take those challenges as seriously yeah. as we would otherwise. So, and we know yeah, we th- can bounce back from them because totally. we have this ability to create or to change our state of being or to, yeah, just find the lightness again. Yeah, absolutely. I think I, I once wrote, I posted something that said, like, we experience joy to the proportion that our inner child is still alive. Mm. <laughs> and when, when, what does the inner yeah. child want to do? The inner child wants to play, which is what, what's play. It's, it's creativity. It's like, ma- it's right. making things up and playing. So yeah. in that sense, yeah, yeah I, th- I think, I do think art and creativity are some of the most healing activities yeah. that we can engage in. Yeah. And that just comes back full circle to, you know, kind of where we started as to, you know, why have we forgotten the power of art and creativity? And I see this a lot in um, the people that I work with. So for example, people who come to my writing workshops, so many of them say, I'm here because I want to come back to writing. I used to write all the time as a child or, you know, it's something that they used to do and they, they've forgotten about it. And it's like this, I don't want to call it a, a revival or a resurgence because it, it's, it was never gone, but it's almost like an, uh, an acceleration of um, reclaiming that artistic side. Um, and for whatever reason, maybe it's a, a seeking of, of solace in hard times, or maybe it's that they've realized that they've been focusing too much on just ticking off the arbitrary boxes of, of life, of things that they don't actually want. Um, and I always love seeing people have that realization or, or tell me that I'm like, thank you for coming home to this. Thank you. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's, 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 it's a gift that we can all give each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, James, to take us out, I ask all of my guests here on why not art three questions just to, to see us out. And these are kind of rapid fire. Just where is James at right now in the moment? First thing to come to mind. Um, so first question, I would love to know, what is your most memorable creative experience? 
Hmm. Memorable creative experience. Um, what comes to mind? Let's see. Probably, I would say, I would probably say my first book being published. Yeah. Because that was kind of a, a, a culmination of a lot of, you know, writing over the years. And I always wanted to write a book and I never quite knew what book I was going to write. So finding the idea that really clicked and then and then seeing that through and and learning how to write a book by writing a book because people are always like well how you know i don't know where to start well neither did i like i learned how to write a book <laughs> yeah. by by writing a book and and making mm -hmm. those mistakes and learning from them and deleting a lot of chapters and adding more and you know putting it all together and then putting that out into the world was probably um the the most the most fun yeah. How did it feel to kind of have your first book, you know, out there once it was out and, you know, orders start coming in and you realize shit, people are, people around the world are reading my book. Yeah, it was good. I remember I got, a, I got a tattoo on the day that my book came out because one another besides David Bowie, another big artistic influence on me was the poet Allen Ginsberg. Mm -hmm. And he was one of the poets that kind of uh, encouraged me and inspired me to, um, you know, become a poet and kind of more or less follow that path. Yeah. Um, so I got a tattoo of that says Howell, that was, which is the name of his most famous poem. Um, I got that tattoo on the day my first book came out as kind of a, a tribute to one of the writers that inspired me to go down that path. Hell yes. And it's moments like that, that you remember, right? That's the other thing I love about art. It's like, that's on you now. That is a memory of such an incredible moment that it, ah, oh, it's, that is the shit that when, when we kind of trot off this spinning rock in the middle of the cosmos, like that's the shit that we're going to be like, yes, I did that. Yeah. It's the important stuff. I love that. Um, and for everybody listening, that first book that James is referring to is called Shit Your Ego Sets. So mm -hmm. all of James's links will be in the show notes. Go in and check out his books. All right. Second question. Which artists and creatives inspire you the most? You've kind of answered this, but if there's anyone else you want to throw out there. Yeah. I honestly, musicians tend to be my, some of my mm, favorites. Cause I, I just love music <laughs> and it's cause with music, you've got the, 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 the lyrics and, and the sound and it's like a full body experience. So, mm, yes. um, um, you know, David Bowie, Bob Dylan from a, um, a music perspective, Miles Davis. Mm. Um, these are artists that have kind of always experimented throughout their careers and reinvented right. themselves. Yeah. Um, some current ones like I really like Tyler the Creator and Frank Ocean mm -hmm. and Lana Del Rey, Taylor yeah. Swift, Kanye West. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> These are some of my favorite musical artists and other writers. Um, let's see, Joan Didion, uh, Mary Oliver. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah, those are some that come to mind. Yeah. Amazing. What a, what a lineup little yeah. creative companions there. <laughs> Andy Warhol, yeah. Bas Basquiat, hmm. the, yeah, the list goes the on. Second time 
both Andy Warhol and and Kanye have come up. So um, perfect. Yeah, yeah. For those listening who are fans, the the episode with uh, Gabriella Rosie, there's a lot of Kanye references in that one too. So <laughs> oh god, I'll have to meet her. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. We uh, we recorded an episode. I think it was the day Donda dropped. No, it couldn't have been because she would not have done that. It must have been the day <laughs> after. <laughs> so every answer was like, Kanye, Kanye. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing I love more than having a new album drop from one of, from someone, an artist I love. Because mm. it's just, you can mm. just, you can just, I know it's going to be something that I'm just going to live with the rest of my life. You know, it's just like, an, yeah. I'll always have it there. And then it's my first time I can really just dive in and swim around and see what they've yeah. been up to. Yeah. And um, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's super inspiring. It is. And there's something sort of magical and sort of like, it's like, it's alchemy, right? The first time you hear something or consume something from an artist that you love and, and really inspires you. It's kind of like, getting to almost be with them a little bit to hear it for the first time. One of um, my favorite artists, an Australian artist, Tash Sultana, she, the last album she dropped, she, when she released it, she said, I want everybody to listen to this for the first time in a dark room, lie down, put an eye mask on, light some incense, put a candle on, whatever it is you need to do, light your galaxy light, whatever the hell it is, but just like create this like cocoon put your headphones on and listen to it from start to finish and like, just don't move. And it was such a beautiful experience. It was just so fucking cool. And you know, the power of art, that's unreal. I'll have to just, since you're in Australia, I have to say, I love Tame Impala. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out Tame Impala. Definitely. I've seen them a few times. They're unreal. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. All righty. James, last question. Take us out. What is a piece of art that you're consuming and loving right now? Um, you know, I haven't read a, um, a lot of books lately um, for whatever reason, but I just recently started a new novel from one of my favorite um, contemporary writers. His name is Tao Lin. Mm-hmm. He is a he's an American, he's, he's an American, but his, his parents came from Taiwan. So he's kind of a Taiwan American and, um, he writes, he writes poetry and fiction. He wrote one nonfiction book and I'm reading his new novel. It's called leave society. And it's, um, I don't know what it's about quite yet, but, but, but he's a very interesting writer and he, he writes in this very kind of, not quite sarcastic, but this very just kind of like deadpan stream of consciousness. And he bl- he 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 weaves in philosophy and psychedelics, and it's all all this writing is very autobiographical, mm-hmm. and it's very much like this millennial. It's kind of this stream of consciousness millennial perspective. Um, he's probably that I've encountered. He's probably the best or my favorite, like author from like the millennial generation in terms mm-hmm. of like like novelists so um i've read a few of his books before and it's it's fun to dive into um to this new one yeah excellent i'll have to look that up that sounds interesting and donda by kanye west that's another <laughs> piece of art that i'm currently 
very into. <laughs> We're giving Kanye the last word. <laughs> he, he, he demands he it. He gives it to himself, really. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> well, James, thank you so much for being so generous with your time and coming to riff with me on, on all things art and consciousness and creativity. I, I really admire what you do. And I think it's, um, you know, both really needed right now in terms of the way that it can help us think and potentially change some rigid perspectives but I also think it's just so needed because it's fun and it just makes you smile and you know when you pop up on my Instagram feed it's like I know I'm gonna laugh or I'm gonna you know it's it's so needed so thank you for what you do and thanks for being here yeah I really appreciate that and thanks for having me on your show You're so welcome.